in today's very special Christmas episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. As we continue to think about Christmas, Jesus coming to earth for us to be our Savior, we're going to look at a little word that is super powerful. It's a little word with a big giant meaning. You're going to discover something very cool about Jesus's Advent. By the way, if you ever hear this called the Advent season, all the word Advent means is the appearing, the appearance of. So Jesus had his first Advent, his first appearance. He's going to have another advent at the end of of the whole story, right? It's the second coming. It's the second advent. I'm looking forward. All Christians are looking forward to that day, man. That's going to be awesome. All wrongs will be righted. All tears will be wiped away. The new creation will be ushered in. It's going to be awesome. But we're still talking about the first advent, okay? So today we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus was sent for some very specific reasons. It's going to bless you, man. I'm glad you're here. I get to share two more of my songs from Have a Metal Christmas. They're going to rock you up it's gonna be sweet here we go all right man let's do this Hey man, Merry Christmas. Pastor Brad here, your online Jesus-loving 80s Christian metal pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this very special Christmas edition of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Wherever you happen to be listening to this, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if there's an opportunity to leave a comment or give a thumbs up or share it, really would appreciate it if you would do that for me, man. That'll help the show to grow, help us reach out to some more classic metal fans and share the good news about Jesus with them, man. And now let's move on to the point of today's episode. God sent his son into the world. But what does that mean? What did he come for? Why did he get sent? Why is that a big deal? Well, well, that's what we're going to talk about. But before we dive into that, man, I want to share track number three with you from Have a Metal Christmas. This is my 80s metal version of the classic Christmas song, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Enjoy.
Awesome, man. Hope you really, really, really enjoyed that. Okay, let's get into this. Here's what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So during this Christmas season, we're continuing to break down this awesome passage from Galatians 4 and learn some really, really super cool things about Christmas. In the last episode, we talked about this phrase, when the time had fully come, when the set time had fully come, God had worked through history providentially. He had orchestrated all the events of history. He had revealed his nature and his character uh, to his people. He had taught them about the priesthood and the sacrifice and the purpose of all of those things. And Jesus was going to fulfill all of that. And so at the set time, at the right time, Jesus came into the world. So he didn't just come into the world. In this episode, we're going to talk about the fact that the Father sent Jesus into the world. Now this word sent, okay, we're going to lift up the hood. We're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. What does this word mean? When you get down into the Greek, the word that's translated sent here means commissioned, okay, or sent with a mission into the world, set with marching orders, okay? You can almost think of this as a military term. God the Father was the general, and he said to his son, here's your mission. This is what I want you to accomplish. Now, the Bible says a whole bunch of things about what that mission was. We're just gonna quickly run through 10 of the reasons Jesus came, 10 facets of his mission. Number one was to do the will of the Father. It is so healthy for you to remember that you are not a follower of Jesus just because you in your own nobleness and you in your own goodness decided that you would do God a favor and choose to become a Christian. <laughs> now, man, we're all broke, we're all sinners, and without God's intervention, we are all lost and doomed to destruction forever. But it was God the Father's will that we be saved, that he sent his son on this mission, right? So Jesus came to do, to execute the will of the Father, to execute the salvation plan, the search and rescue plan of the Father. Jesus said it again and again, I don't do anything, I don't say anything except for that which the Father leads me to do and to say. Number two, Jesus came to bring light into a dark world. Light is an awesome concept. It's, an, it's a metaphor in the scriptures, but it stands for God's truth, God's love, the light of God. God's truth lights our path. The light of God's grace came to us through Jesus. The light of God's hope came to us through Jesus. I'm telling you, man, when you are lost and broken and you are hopeless, you need some truth, some love, an example of righteousness. You need some grace and you need some hope. And Jesus was sent by the Father into the world to bring those very things to us. Number three, part of Jesus's mission was to seek and to save the lost. I love that. He said that in the gospels, I have come to seek and to save the lost. Think about this. If Jesus didn't come to seek and save the lost, if he didn't come looking for us, were we ever gonna come looking for him? <laughs> no, God always makes the first move, man. Think about your testimony. God reached out to you. God convicted your heart of sin. God brought someone into your life. God sent his Holy Spirit on a mission to bring conviction into your life. Maybe it was through a preacher or somebody teaching the word or, or a friend who knew Jesus or something on TV or a, a Bible you found in a drawer in a hotel room. I mean, who knows? But God made the first move. He always does. The fourth reason Jesus was sent into the world was to walk in our shoes. I love this. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says we do not have a, a high priest who's unable to empathize with our struggles or with our weaknesses because he walked in our shoes. He was born as a baby. He grew up. 
He knows what those stages of growing up feel like. He felt all of the pressures and the struggles and the brokenness and the frustrations of life in this world. And then he took the worst punishment that this world can throw at a person when he was nailed to that cross. He was ignored. He was belittled. He was jeered at. He was made fun of. He knows what it feels like to walk through this broken world. And that's why that passage in Hebrews also says we can come to him with our brokenness and find mercy and grace in our time of need because he's walked in our shoes, man. That was part of his mission. Fifth, Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. This is an amazing, amazing passage. I think it's in John chapter 19. Jesus is standing before Pilate and Pilate's really pressing him on who are you? And in that conversation, Jesus tells Pilate, I have come to bear witness to the truth. Pilate responds with truth. What is truth? That's where our culture is right now. They're like, what is truth? What is truth? Because we've turned truth into this subjective thing. If I feel a certain way about something, then it's true for me. You know, if I feel like this is my orientation sexually, or I feel like this is the way I, we should live our lives, then that's truth for us. That is straight from the pit of hell, straight out of our flesh. The Bible reveals that truth is not a subjective feeling. It's an objective, objective revelation. God is the source of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God reveals to us a standard of truth that is never changing because it is based on his character. We might feel a thousand different ways over the course of a single day, but God's word never changes. His standards of what is true never change. By the way, the word truth, do you know what it means? If you look it up in any dictionary, if it's a good dictionary, it will tie truth to reality. In other words, to what is real. So if I walk outside and it's 80 degrees and sunny, and I say, dude, what's up with this thunderstorm? You're gonna think I'm nuts. You're gonna think I'm insane because I just made a statement that is clearly not tied to reality, right? It's not true. If you look around at this world, a lot of people are saying certain things are true and they're not tied to reality. Jesus came to bear witness to the fact that there is a truth, that God loves us, that God is real, that this is his world, that we're broke. And we're broken because every single one of us has chosen at lots of different points in our life to reject God's truth and to do life our own way because we think we know better. Okay, that is sin. That is falling short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. The truth is also that God loves us and he didn't want to leave us in that broken state, so he sent Jesus to proclaim the truth, to bear witness to that truth, that we're broken, but that he loves us. And so he, then he went to the cross and he shed his blood to pay for our sin, to give us a way to be made right with God. That was a massive part of Jesus's mission. Number six, Jesus came to crush the head of the serpent. Now, dude, we've talked a few times in past episodes about Genesis 3.15. Remember in, in the garden, right after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, tempted by the serpent, the devil. And they're all three standing there and God is speaking to them. And when he gets to the serpent, he gets to Satan. He says, listen, through the seed of the woman, through the descendants of this woman, Eve, there's going to come one who will rise up and you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. I love it. That was Jesus. Satan is that old dirty serpent struck his heel at the cross and it was a deadly blow and he died. But what Satan didn't know was that he died for a purpose with the sin of the world on him as a sacrifice and that when he rose on the third day, he crushed his head. And what the Bible means when it says that he crushed his head is he destroyed his power. The devil is powerless now. 
for all who are in Christ. Listen, he can deceive you. He can use fear to try to intimidate you. He can tug on the strings of your fleshly appetites and try to lure you away from a pure devotion to Christ. And he can't bring anything into your life that God doesn't allow. And if God allows him to bring anything into your life, he will also be there with you to see you through it. And when you draw near to God and resist the devil, the book of James says he flees from you. Number seven, Jesus came to offer eternal life to all who will believe. Man, we all love John 3:16. Listen, for God so loved the world that he gave, he sent his only son. So that whosoever would believe, pistuo, which means to just completely entrust your life to as Lord and Savior. Whoever would believe in him wouldn't have to perish, wouldn't have to be cut off from God, wouldn't have to go through life without knowing what real truth and real joy and real meaning and purpose are, but they could have everlasting eternal life. A life filled with God's spirit, knowing you're adopted as God's child. Waking up every morning and knowing that God your Father is on his throne and that he loves you and that he's working in your life and that he's coming back for you and that you're gonna be part of the second advent. You're gonna be part of this awesome new creation for eternity with him. Number eight, Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wow, now that, that's kind of a cryptic term. It's not something we talk about a lot, but it's not a real difficult concept. The year of the Lord's favor is the year of God's grace. And, and it doesn't just mean a literal 365 day year. It means I'm opening the doors to a season and we're still in that season of God offering his favor and his grace. Essentially, Jesus said, I came to tell the world that God's not mad at you. God wants you to turn to him. God wants you, if you'll repent and you'll receive me as, as savior, God wants to pour grace into your life. God is offering eternal life and forgiveness, right? That's the year of the Lord's favor. Now, of course, if we reject that, the evangelist Billy Graham, he used to say, God is a gentleman. He's not gonna bust into your life if you don't want him there. If you choose to reject Jesus, then he'll allow you to do that. I don't know if you're a parent, but if you're a parent, you're gonna get this. You want your kids to want to be with you because they love you and they want to be with you. If you have to bribe them or manipulate the situation to get them to be with you, it takes all the joy out of it, right? God's not looking to try to buy people or bargain with people or manipulate people into coming to him. He wants people to be with him who want to be with him. C.S. Lewis famously said, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, but he said, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those who say to God, your will be done. And those to whom God says, your will be done. Because if we step over Jesus, if we resist Jesus, if we ignore Jesus, if we reject him, then we are basically saying my will is that I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with forgiveness. I want to do it all my way. Well, heaven wasn't created for people who just want to do it their way. And heaven's not really a place for people who just want to escape going to hell. Heaven is for people who want to be with God, who love him who want to glorify him, who want to live for him. But Jesus came to proclaim the year of God's favor, this season of God extending grace and forgiveness to all who will turn to him. Number nine, Jesus came to bring judgment. Oh, wait a minute, dude, I thought you just said he came to bring the year of the Lord's favor to announce the year of the Lord's favor. Well, he did. But in announcing a choice, he also inaugurated a season of judgment. Because the Bible says that for those who believe in the Son, there is no condemnation. But for those who refuse to believe, go read John 3:18. For those who refuse to receive him, they stand condemned. He brought judgment against the prideful and the arrogant and those who refused to be humble. 
and turn to him. The gospel, the announcement that God sent his son into the world to shed his blood for our sins is the greatest news in the world, but it also requires a choice. And on one side of that choice is forgiveness and blessing and new life. But if we reject the offer that God's given us, then we stand condemned. And that's what it means that Jesus came to bring judgment. He came to draw the line in the sand and say, which side are you on? And number 10, Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many. I love the word ransom. It means we were held hostage, right? We were held in captivity and Jesus came to pay the price to set us free. What was the price? His own blood. Every week at our church we have communion and we take the time to ponder and remember the ransom. We remember that Christ's body was broken and nailed to a cross for us. That's what the bread represents in communion. And his blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That was part of the ransom as well. Ransom and and another word that means a very similar thing is redeemed. We were redeemed. We were bought back through the sacrifice of Christ. Bible students call what Jesus did for us the great exchange. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him who had no sin, that is Jesus, he made him to be sin, or it can also be translated, he made him to be a sin offering. God put all of the sin of the world on him. And then that verse goes on to say, so that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus came and made us the ultimate deal. He said, I'll take all your sin on me. I'll pay for it and I'll give you all my righteousness. Dude. How awesome is that? So Jesus was sent into the world to do the will of the Father, to bring light into a dark world, to seek and to save the lost, to walk in our shoes, to bear witness to the truth, to crush the head of the serpent, to offer eternal life to all who would believe, to proclaim the year of God's favor, to bring judgment, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then at the end of his earthly ministry, he stood before his disciples and he gave them a commission. In other words, just as he was sent into the world, he then gave us marching orders. And Jesus said to his disciples, and you and I, who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are part of that crew. Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world, and I want you to make disciples, make followers of me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things as I have commanded you. And listen, I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the way, even to the end of the age. I love it. So the Father sent the Son, and the Son has sent us. Super, super, super cool. All right, man, you ready for another song? I'm excited to share song number two, which is actually track number four from Have a Metal Christmas. This is my 80s metal rendition of the classic Christmas song, Jingle Bells. Enjoy.
right. Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things that helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.